Welcome in episode 48, I think, as we decided. But hey, everyone, happy Monday. Hope you had a great Monday or a great weekend. I think all of us in Baltimore had a great weekend. Wow, guys, Baltimore Ravens going to the AFC Championship game. We got a few people in studio real quickly. We got Zach is alive and well, still yeah, here. We're still doing good. How can you not be good after this weekend? I mean, we're, we'll get into it, but what a time to be a Baltimore sports fan, baby. It is. And we got Kevin Oyster Striker, Ross Striker, <laughs> yes. locked on back in the house. Man, if we thought last week was crazy, guys, I mean, can you imagine what's coming up? Can you imagine what Sunday's going to be like? I. What do you tweet, Zach? You don't want to be a, an alcoholic beverage in Baltimore? It, it's going to be a horrific day to be an alcoholic <laughs> beverage in Baltimore next Sunday. I can tell you that. Take it to the literal bank. Literal to the bank for so many yeah. reasons. But, hey, guys, welcome in. Let us know where you're tuning in from. I thought what was so cool, we did a live show, a special show on Saturday, which, hey, I, I see right here, Erica, you said please do a show on Sunday. We are, and Brad, I'm about to get to you. I'm sorry. Don't worry. <laughs> the guy that does it behind the scenes, don't get too angsty. Don't get too uh, eager, I like to say. But, Brad, the man who makes it work behind the scenes, how are we feeling? Uh, feeling good, man. And cries, am, I'm with you. Waiting to hear something. Someone acknowledged the Ravens played on Saturday. Look, watched some some ESPN today, and it was all about Bills, Chiefs, yeah. and obviously uh, another electric matchup between those two teams. But yeah, Ravens did play. There was other other games that that went on this weekend, and we're going to talk about all of those. And I'm super pumped for it, my man. Yeah, I mean. Uh, tremendous and we're going to dive into a lot of things ravens obviously and i think that everyone there was just this huge relief for the first time in the history of the baltimore ravens they're going to host an afc championship game it's going to be electric you get the defending champs coming to baltimore so much to dive into personally i'd like to just mention and thank all of you we went over four thousand subscribers on the weekend here everybody and yeah, we'll get the claps around. Kevin, you better be clapping. I was gonna say, oh, I was, I I was waiting. I was waiting for Kevin I, I to clap stop. for longer now because I know I'm, I, I see there was the fake news about me not being <laughs> excited and clapping. I'm gonna clap all the way through. Yeah, Kevin's not gonna stop clapping until he sees himself off yes. the camera. Yes. He's not getting chance with anything now after last time. No, no doubt about it. And he should clap. But again, guys, thank you so much. We're building something here. We're really excited about it. And our goal to start the year, honestly, to end 2023 was a thousand subscribers and we already are over 4,000. So if you're new to the channel, Thank you for tuning in. Hit that like and subscribe button. And for our regulars that come back and make this experience what it is, how are we doing? Great to see you. We appreciate it all. So to let you know what's on the docket for tonight, we're going to touch on a little bit of the opening with the Baltimore Ravens, as always. Then we're going to type uh, dive into a couple spicy topics. Before we have our guest, former Baltimore Raven wide receiver Mark Clayton came here in 2005. Uh, first round pick, I believe it was 22nd yep. overall. Yep. He is Hell going to be yeah. joining the show Awesome guy, and, and I can't wait to, to talk about a lot of different topics with him, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, he's a great dude. So without further ado, though, I want to talk about something, guys, that we all know this in Baltimore, and it's starting to get more attention, the atmosphere, the electricity that is M&T Bank Stadium. And Kyle Van Noy was on the Pat McAfee show to talk about, especially during the anthem, the O, just how amazing Baltimore is at the bank. So, Brad, if you can play that for us. Tune in to the national anthem because they'll, they'll say, oh, in that oh, star Spangled banner, they say, oh, louder than it's the loudest in the in the whole business. And it's amazing oh, to play in front of a fan nice. group. In it's the awesome. Home of the Chiefs. Oh, oh <laughs> there you go. Oh, Man. Oh, that that got me fired up. Hearing Kyle Van Noy talk about the O, 
on yeah. Pat McAfee. Hearing any player talk about the O gets me fired up, but especially in these situations, because it is so special. It is one of those things that you don't get anywhere else but Baltimore. Well, and this will be his, uh, I think he said, fourth AFC championship game uh, mm-hmm. in his 10-year career. So if anybody knows what an electric atmosphere looks like in the playoffs, it's that guy. It's Calvin. Yeah, and I mean, this is... We know Baltimore sports fans here. If you, you follow the teams, you know what the fans bring. And it there is something about that, oh, and no matter what stadium the that the Ravens, the Orioles play at on the road, you hear it. But a playoff game in Baltimore in January, really nothing like it. And I bet it's going to be even louder come this Sunday when they play the Chiefs. But, Kevin, we talked about this in general. I mean, there was a little bit of stress, but just the overall relief excitement about what these guys are doing, to me, it was one of the best days I can I can remember in Baltimore, really in the last decade for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and speaking of the – oh, I mean, look, not every Ravens fan is an Orioles fan and every Orioles fan is a Ravens fan. Right. There, there's some overlap and then there's some not. But, I mean, whenever I go to a sporting event that's not in Baltimore – I still do the O during them, and people are like, what in the world are you doing? But I think a lot of people also know about it, and it's cool. But I agree, Ryan. To your point, there were a lot of narratives that were crushed on Saturday, and I think that was some of where the nervous energy and nervous excitement was coming from. The day started off, I mean, I remember coming in here to do this pregame show on Saturday. It was electric in here. It was electric out there. It was electric in the lots. It was electric everywhere. And I think all week, all anybody was thinking about was the Ravens game on Saturday. And we saw... The Ravens get punched in the mouth at the end of the first half. And what did what did they do in 2019 when that happened? They kind of laid down and were they weren't in the game as much. We saw Lamar Jet that viral picture of Lamar, oh, yeah. the stare leaving five seconds to go in the half, and he was looking at somebody like they were not going to survive that halftime speech. And my favorite thing was Lamar being asked after the game, "Who spoke at halftime?" He said, "I did. Yep. It was me." And of course, he said it was too inappropriate to say, but which I love about again. Him. What what do we hear all week from some of the national media and some of the fans? Lamar can't win in the playoffs. The Ravens aren't good in the playoffs. They can't get back to the AFC Championship game. And I think all of that stress from going into the locker room at ten ten at half. I saw I put out a tweet that said, "What's your panic meter?" I saw a lot of people in the you know two three. It's it's only halftime. There were a lot of people up there at the eight nine ten range, mm-hmm. and Baltimore came out. They shut out Houston in the second half, didn't allow him in the red zone the entire game. was It was electric, and the best part about it, in my opinion, guys, was the fact that we heard all week about, well, the seats aren't selling. The stadium's not going to get filled up. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a bunch of Houston fans, and there were, what, seven pre-snap penalties, five yep. false. I can't remember the exact numbers, but there were a lot of pre-snap penalties. The Ravens fan, were they were the literal 12th man out there on the field. I know Seattle has that thing, but Baltimore fans showed up, and it kind of encapsulated how big of a day it was for the city. And now they get to host the first Asian championship game in Ravens franchise history. Well, you you just brought up that people here all week were ready to watch this game. Not only people here. uh, Let me see where it just was right here. Chris hits it. It was the most watched football game ever on ESPN. That's crazy. Crazy. 31.8 million. And you know why? Because Lamar Jackson is must-see TV. Brings eyes to the television screen. Yes, he does. And, hey, Chris, shout out you. Chris, hope you're doing well, by the way. We got to catch up. But it's exactly right. It was a a must-watch game for all Ravens fans, but it was a must-watch game for all football fans. And you saw Lamar Jackson 
do everything, especially in that second half. What couldn't he do in that second half? We're going to dive more into this Ravens game in a little bit. We have Mark Clayton coming on soon. Oh, Cal Ripken Jr. Jr. is looking good today. Yeah. Kyle, damn right. Yeah. Damn right he is. And you know, I was a little bit nervous on a side note with, with Cal Ripken Jr. being the, the uh, head coin or the honorary captain. We can yeah, save let's, that. Let's talk let's about save that. that. Do we want to talk about yeah, that? Talk, yeah, talk because you hid this from us. And yeah. I, yeah, you have to bring it up now. Okay. Yeah. Confession, everyone. And I'm sorry if this, uh, if I, if I misled you, but. <laughs> I was scared shitless about the whole situation with my dad being the captain because when he told me about it, he went, I'm going to be the honorary captain. And the first thing that went in my mind is this is not the first time. And actually, the last time he did it was in 2006 in the playoffs. And mm. if, Kevin, do you remember what game that was? I do. Divisional round Colts. No touchdown scored in that game. Only After field a bye. goals. After that's right. Not great divisional memories in Baltimore before this weekend. Yep. So that's what I looked at. And I go, are you, are you serious? Are you putting the Ravens season in jeopardy right now, Calvin? But I said some streaks have to be broken. You know, pun intended. He played in a lot of games. Whoa. But, but anyway, the curse is gone. We can forget it. But he's not going back out there again. Okay. He did his part. Good, great, grand, wonderful. But yeah, guys, I'm sorry. Because if I told you that, Zach, you would have been in a I would frenzy. have been a mess. I would have <laughs> been a literal mess. I'm the most superstitious person. I actually I just too. did I, I just too. did push-ups before the show because I did push-ups before last show, and it was our best stream. Shout out to you guys. So I had to do it again. Like that's how superstitious I am. If Ryan would have told me that beforehand, I might not have shown up on Saturday. We'll be like, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad, like you said. Streaks are just meant to be broken. It, they are. They are. Um, he's a good kid. I'm glad it worked out for him, and I'm glad it worked out for the team. Now, let's dive into a couple of spicy topics because we are going to have Mark Clayton on to talk a lot more about, more about the Baltimore Ravens. And again, if you're new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we're going to talk more about Ravens as we go and a couple other highlights that you guys should hear about. But guys, how about another spicy topic? Let's flip to the other side. The number one seed in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers, survived. The Green yes. Bay Packers, and I mean survived. And unfortunately, if you're a Packers fan, look, tremendous game from Jordan Love, tremendous game from that Packers team. But the big moment that switched it all, really, was when Anders Carlson missed that 41-yard field goal, I believe, when they were up four. What happened? Brock Purdy went down and scored, and the rest is history. The Niners hold on. But how about the comment Tom Rinaldi was reporting during the game? We can't show you the actual video. But Tom Rinaldi said when he talked to Matt LaFleur, he says that he says a prayer every time Andrews Carlson goes out. And, and guys, I feel for him. And we saw it in the Bills game, too. We're going to touch on that in a little bit. But Justin Tucker appreciation. Actually, both of you guys tweeted this <laughs> I've out. I've been at doing the same that for time. three Dude, years. I've been doing was, it for three years. Me and uh, Kevin have this thing going on right now. Yeah. And I don't, it's never planned, but we seem to at least once a day have a tweet yeah. way too similar within 10 seconds of each other. We're, the, that we're, the, we're the same person. Yeah, it really is, is crazy. Is. Like something will drop and then 30 seconds later, me and Kevin, like a second apart, have almost the exact same caption. It's like, well played, well played. Great minds think alike Great is what I say. So That's right. So, but but on that case though, guys, and we, we saw it, it was, and there's been a lot of debate about this, but this is how fragile kicking is especially in these big moments and for for baltimore ravens fans we know that justin tucker is not going to be perfect but i think everyone's so accustomed to how elite he has been when you look at other teams even on quote unquote down years for tucker 
it's still top of the NFL. He's still a guy that you want constantly. But right now for the Packers, and it's not to say the Packers, I know, Brad, I'll let you get your point. The Packers very well could have lost this game, but you could feel the momentum switch just like that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And and there was a couple of things that I thought that was interesting about that game. You, you, we touched on the kicker, obviously, but and just the way that he lines up seems very weird. And why didn't Matt LaFleur just go and try to find a kicker? Like anybody, anybody, this guy missed six extra points in the regular season. I, I just don't understand why they stuck with him. But that's probably another conversation for another time. They drafted him. Yeah. Well, well, I, yeah. Which so, is, we were just talking about this pre-show. That it, it is one of those things. That's probably why they stuck with him. They did. They spent a draft pick on him. They did. And they did say that they are in it for the long haul. They are in it to help with his development, which you know what? I appreciate. But you're right, Brad. In these moments, yeah, it, it is glaring. And we've seen other teams. The Rams did it right before the playoffs. They got rid yeah. and, and added Maher back to the, to the lineup. Mm-hmm. It, that's it, my thing too. Like, you know, if you were, if you really want to invest time in this guy, okay, fine. Like invest time in him next season or in the off season, not in a playoff game when you're going up against the number one seed and it was rainy, like just the way that guy lined up, it was just, it was all very odd. Um, but man, Jordan love look guy balled out all the way up until the last 30 seconds of the game. So like the, the if you're a bears fan, Bottom of the barrel, you're still going to live in the bottom of the barrel at this point. Between the Lions and the Packers, like I don't see how the Bears are going to come out on top anytime soon. Sorry, it sucks to suck, and it sucks to be a Bears fan. Well, yeah, and to Brad's point, I think that again, if if you release Carlson, who's picking him up? You put him back on the practice squad, yeah. bring him for the long haul. Mm-hmm. You put him there, and that's fine. You bring in a veteran, and you make it. If you, I think Rita Hubbard was the one who said it. If you're if you miss six extra points in the regular season, I'm not taking you to the playoffs. No, it's it's hit or miss, do or die. And that's what people, not that Carlson was having a great season, but you know, the point that was made is kicking is so fragile in the NFL. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I know some people will not like it. I'll bring back up Billy Cundiff in the year. He missed the field goal. He had a good year that year, but it's the one kick that we all remember. And I think, you know, to an extent, rightfully so. Right. I mean, it was the, one of the biggest gaffes in Ravens history, if not the biggest, but we see all the time how, the fall off from kickers can be from one year. They're awesome. And then there's one kicker, there's one season and they're terrible and they never recover from it. And that to me, I mean, I appreciate the longevity of a Justin Tucker and just what he's been able to do and how consistent he's been both power and accuracy wise. But I mean, the Packers decision to stick with Carlson here, it, it's not the only reason they lost the game. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's one of the most glaring reasons that they at least didn't have an opportunity to either go into overtime or obviously win the game. I think it does get magnified though. Cause kind of what we talked about the kicker people say it's your only job. And yes, I get that. And it is an insanely hard position because you're only judged off of two or three plays. So it is tough when you're a kicker and you do miss in a moment like that, because no matter what happens after, if you lose, the entire fan base media are going to point to you. And I think also, I mean, out of every position in football, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like if the Packers were to get, or just any team were to get rid of a kicker, it's not like it's a new quarterback and you have to install a new system mm-hmm. and, and everything. You got to learn a playbook, right? There's, there's to an extent, you got to learn a couple things. I'm not saying yeah. being a kicker is just you go and you kick and that's it. But I think it's one of the biggest positions where you can just plug a guy in and expect mm. him to produce. I mean, if the Packers had Justin Tucker, you plug him in and he hits those field goals. Like, it just, it just is what it is. So I think it would have been easy for them to, again, if they wanted to play for the long haul, get rid of Carlson for the playoffs, put him back on the practice squad because I don't know who was going to pick him up with the way he performed yeah. this year. 
It's almost like when the Bucks picked Robert Robert Aguayo in the second round. Yeah. And they stuck with him, even though he was horrendous for pretty much his entire career. But they stuck with him and stuck with him and stuck with him because they took him in literally the second round. And their kicker situation has been kind of iffy ever since then. And here's a a context, too, for for Carlson. By the way, his brother is Daniel Carlson, who got off to a rough start in his own career and then settled in with the Raiders and is now considered one of the best kickers in the NFL. But for for Anders, just to give a context a little bit on him, he is perfect within 40 yards. He was 20 for 20, and this is where it got a little bit dicey for him. He was a 7 for 13 in field goals longer than 40 yards. 4 of 8 in between 40 and 49, and 3 of 5, 50 or longer. So, look, and that and that's the part of it. it you're not going to say plays come down to one or two here, but when it comes down to points, and there's going to be mistakes, like the Packers could have done some things better, right? But when you when you get points and, and you have that long drive, you had that uh, K-Max, uh, message up there about the long run you have good momentum and then right there was a momentum shift and in the blink of an eye the Packers went from maybe at least it's overtime or you're winning this game to wow we're out just mm-hmm. like that and that's where a fantastic story is now met with a really abrupt ending to the season for the Packers we could talk about that for a while but again in Baltimore grateful for Justin Tucker feel for Carlson I hope he bounces back but the Green Bay Packers yeah. nonetheless or a team that you are going to have to look out for for the rest of the year or for the rest of the years. And Brad and I have talked about with Jordan Love. We said in the beginning of the year, Brad, we love Jordan Love. We love this town, and I'm glad for him and for Packers fans it has finally come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it, it's got it. I don't know how the Bears overcome Jordan Love and uh, Jared Goff and, and Dan Campbell at this point. Like, what the, the Bears are just going to have to either be a wild card or not make the playoffs for the next 10 years. And, and But you know what? Time will tell. We're going to have to find out, but it looks good for the pack. It looks good for talking about the Lions here, Brad. It's a good little yeah. spicy segue. How about the Detroit Lions? And you know what? If you love good stories, how about how loyal fans are in Detroit? How long oh, that they've waited? Uh, and yeah. Dan Campbell, all of his messages now that he has done over the course of the last few years, and to see it all coming together. Brad, we have some of those videos, right, of his speeches. Yeah, so the, the the one that I'm going to show you guys is the one from the before the season even started, and then we're going to fast forward to this past weekend. So take a look at this one. Man, I swear to you, all I think about is you guys. That's all I think about, man. That's all I you think about is you guys and how I set you up for the best possible, the best possible advantage I can give you to have a season. I swear to you, man. I just need you to trust me. That's all. You guys, you guys are unbelievable, man. I, I'm telling you, we talked about it all, all year. This started a long time ago. You're built for this. You were built for this, man. And look what you guys did. You went out there and the way, it's another hot team that we knocked off. It's the next hot team that you knock off. Do you know how hard it is to win this? league in the playoffs do you understand what you're doing right now what we're capable of that's two all right that's two we got two to go with a bye in the middle i'm unbelievably proud of everybody in here man coaches player that's a way to mount up man that's not a, that's a that's a difficult team to beat man all right i got one game ball man in the game and play Derek barnes yeah. 
Hey, man, love y'all boys, man. Uh, from the support and the linebacker room, the coaches, staff, organization, offense, man. Uh, three years, man. It took me three years to get the first interception. But, uh, it, it, <laughs> but it, mean, it means more because the people who believed in me. You know, a lot of people didn't. The room, this ball, you know, I got to give it to the linebacker room because I said we was going to bring one back. And God, we did. <laughs> And you got to believe how far we can go, man. Yo, believe it now. Believe it now. Uh, this is a good win. Enjoy it, man. Yo, yo, yo. This comes once in a lifetime. Like Alex used to tell me, man, a lot of people don't make it this far, but we did, man. I love everybody in this room, man. Everybody in here deserve it. That's why we're here, like Coach said. Hey, man, time to prepare for San Fran. You know, this ball club just feels like it's destined to get to the Super Bowl, bro. Like I know the 49ers are best team in the NFC, and I don't think there's any disputing that, but just given the momentum this team has got right now and, and, and the way that Dan Campbell makes you want to just run through a brick wall, unbelievable stuff. Given the fact that this guy started, what, three, was it three and six, 16? What, they, they lost like 10 in a row his first season, and they were yeah. trying to get him in golf. They're, the, the Detroit fans are trying to throw him out of the city, and just to see him turn it around like this has just been an incredible story. Really, really happy for Detroit fans. Yeah, I mean, this is look. I may maybe I'm a sucker for it when you're in the 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 grit of it, and as a fan, you sometimes get lost in the 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 struggles. Right, you're pissed off, you're ticked off. But you know what sucks is being on a losing team in professional sports because you're also playing for your job. You understand the the pressure and impact you have on a city, and what you're seeing right now is a culture changed in Detroit that all they knew for decades and decades and decades was. Loss after loss, heartbreak after heartbreak, or just not being involved in any of the equation or, or being a part of the conversation of being contenders. And now you have a guy that embodies what the Detroit Lions are trying to be, and everyone's buying in. And it, man, if, if the Ravens don't win it, I would love to see Detroit continue this run. It has been amazing to watch. Yep. And you can, it's just, it's infectious. And I think, again, people in Baltimore are spoiled. Like, this is amazing. The Ravens are having their first AFC Championship game. Detroit has waited decades, decades for this moment. And they are they are not going to forget that. And hopefully for their fans, it's going to last for a long time, Brad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't be happier. It was, a, it was a great game. Baker Mayfield played, played his ass off. They need to sign that guy. I mean, it was, it was, it was a tough game. Obviously, you don't want to see him throw up an interception at the end of the game like that. But how many times have we seen that when there's so much pressure on the line and you're trying to get the ball down the field? We've seen it a ton of times. So I, I'm not going to uh, uh, fault Baker for that, but he played his ass off all the way up to yesterday oh, yeah. and uh, d deserves a contract for sure. Well, you know what? We got a Baker believer coming on next, actually, <laughs> and we'll, be, we'll, we'll bring him on here. And the guy that, that we're talking about here is – Former first-round pick, 22nd overall in 2005 of the Baltimore Ravens. Played five seasons with the team, and I mentioned he was an Oklahoma Sooner. So you know he's a he's a big Baker supporter. Let's bring on Mark Clayton. Can we, Brad? Yeah, there we Mark. go. Mark. Hey, what's up, fellas? How we doing? You got the, oh, you got the Sooner in the back right uh, there. Sooner, you know, yeah. You got to represent him. Got a little painting up there. Hey, you got both teams, got both teams going on. there. I love it. Yeah. Hey, so since we're talking about Baker off the, off the get go, and I know you're you're a big uh, Sooner believer, I mean Baker, talk about a guy. We're talking about stories. They wrote him off. You saw during the year, uh, he was playing defensive lineman on the practice, or sorry, the year before practice squad on the Panthers. 
And then there was reports of him possibly being the backup quarterback for you know, the Ravens offering him a contract. Right. And then all he did was lead the Buccaneers uh, to the NFC Divisional and and really change his career around. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, well, first of all, I appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah. Well, hey, round of applause for him real quick. Kevin, get right. the clap. Yeah, Kevin is. Is clapping. Yeah, yes, Kevin. Sir. <laughs> Yeah, oh man. man, you caught me that time. You know, it, it said a lot. There was a deal on uh X the other day, and it, it talked about the six black quarterbacks that was in the divisional round. <laughs> yeah, I, <saw> that. <laughs> I thought it was awesome that obviously we offered him, you know, a, a, a position. Um, but no, dog, Baker's a dog, and he's a dude, and he's been that from day one. And it's 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 crazy. I seen him when he first got to, to Norman, he wasn't he had he, they allowed him to practice, but they they couldn't put him on you know Scully yet, and he's out there. And I I'm watching the quarterbacks, and at that time it was Trevor Knight and another guy I don't even know a couple other guys. But then there was Baker, and I was I just he just looked different, and I was like, man, who was that kid? And coach was like, oh, that, that's Baker, man, who just came from Tech. I was like, man, I don't I don't know what it is, but that kid different. And obviously, well, I mean, sure enough, like he he just ripped it up but his personality is infectious he's been like that like even in that practice he's not he's not in the guy he's not even on scholar yet and you could tell his engagement with the guys was just different and so i i mean I, i've latched on from then just as a fan and and being one of the underdogs myself i was really small dude when i got to college and i wasn't i didn't have all the stars and all that stuff and it was just a grind and you know the 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 ability to kind of not see anything and but what I need to do to get to where I'm trying to get to is something that I, I saw with him and he does it with charisma, a lot more charisma than I do, uh, than, than most, to be honest. Um, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially at least in Baltimore, will be biased in the sense because you played for a division rival or Baker, what I'm talking about, playing for Cleveland. So mm-hmm. Even if you really like him, I mean, Zach, you even talked about this. It was you really liked Baker from the beginning. Yeah, I loved Baker at Oklahoma. I thought he was just the passion he played with. And just like kind of Mark, how you kind of just said, like just the way he led and how everyone bought into what he did and does and the way he carries himself. I love that about him. And it reminded me of the Dan Campbell quote when he told the story that we watched uh, last week where Baker showed up to throw for his receivers that were being looked at for the NFL draft, despite the fact he had just thrown a few you know, hours before for his workouts. He had workouts coming up after. And so many quarterbacks would say, ah, I'm not, you know, I can't do this. I got to help myself. Mm-hmm. So Mark, like what kind of stuff does, how does that impact a locker room when you have a guy that as a leader who just wants the best for everyone, no matter who it is and no matter what he has to do. Like you said, it's, it's infectious. Um, I mean, I know we've all been in locker rooms and you just know what it means to have a locker room that's on the same page and cohesive mm-hmm. and everybody just get it. Like we're, we just get along. It, it makes getting on the field or, you know, when you go and play the game, it makes it very seamless. It's, it's easy and it's fun. And, and you're playing with your boys. It, it's almost like backyard ball again. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, infectious personalities or, you know, draw, drawing attention or people seem, seem to gravitate to him. I think the guy that people are doing that besides Lamar Jackson, we understand Lamar Jackson, yeah. but Roquan Smith. And I don't know if you saw his outfit coming into uh, the game on Saturday, but I want you to listen to the clip here from Roquan after the game of why he chose the outfit that he did. So, Brad, can you pull that up for us? 
Guys who wear the black hats are feared or bad guys? Uh, is this a role you're adopting for the postseason? Honestly, uh, when I seen it in my closet, I actually supposed to wore it um, in Arizona with PQ, but I forgot my boots. So uh, I brought, I had my boots at the house today, and then I was just like, hey, when I was thinking about it this morning, I'm like, hey, they are the Texans and they are the Cowboys, but you know, I got this hat on, so I'm daddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, did anyone, did anyone in the locker room call themselves daddy when you were playing Marker? I think no. it was understood. <laughs> no, right. We're no self-proclaimed daddies. Well, I think that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so how about that? I mean, so Roquan Smith's embodied. Is there any connection you can make? Because obviously you were there when Ray was there, uh, Ray yeah. Lewis playing in Baltimore. Are you seeing any type of similarities between the two? Obviously different personalities, but both everybody is gravitating towards those guys as being leaders yeah. uh, of the franchise. Bro, it, it, is, it, it is, I'll say an insane passion. It's like every fiber, every little, all the way down to the toenail, to the last fiber follicle on his hair is all ball and all whatever the offense is, um, any and everywhere I have to be to make the play. Like he's it's 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 beautiful to watch, and I know obviously Ray loves that, and uh, you know in Baltimore how we are and what we stand for. That's uh, I mean, did, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Did did anyone have like dress up like that though? Did anyone have those types of moments? I mean, I. I when I played baseball, we tried to do like a flamingo shirt type of thing. Unfortunately, we lost like seven right. games in a row, so we 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 banned that from uh, the from the clubhouse. But you right. do you guys have any superstitions on on dress ups or we outfits? You know, you guys you guys had it. Y'all are the most creative bunch of in professional sports that there is to me. <laughs> like I trained out of API back in the day, and oh man, the uniforms they wore to workout was was unbelievable. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> They come in hunting gear one day. They come in uh, fly fishing gear one day, doing squats. Like, why? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, why not, Mark? Why yeah, not do it? You know, that, that, that's that's it. Why not? I don't know. But no, well, we didn't have any, any of that. It was we're we're pretty pretty much. You wear your suit. You wear whatever you wear, and get to the game. Take care of your business, and take your ass home. Yeah, it's like what Jason Kelsey says. He. He doesn't like playing dress up. He likes playing yeah. football. And I feel like that has kind of more recently. I do feel like it's been a thing for walk in outfits for these games. And right. I feel like for a while that wasn't a thing. And Jason Kelsey is holding on to the fact, you know, whether this was his last year or not, he did not like dressing up going into games. He's like, I'm here to play football. That's I, I also love how he like Roquan said, I was thinking about it. And I saw my boots like the day yeah. of the game. And I was, you know what? Let's let's decide this because I know. I think some people take, you know, days to plan it out oh, and kind of yeah. figure it all out. But he yeah. was just like, all right, we're, we're going to do this right now. And Mark, first of all, good to see you again. And I feel like with the Ravens and Roquan and Ray, that connection has been made. Right. But for him in the pregame huddle, like he is getting the guys fired up and Roquan and everybody's talking about how for him, he's the leader of the defense. He's the guy that gets everybody fired up. But for you, you were in the huddle for those Ray pregame speeches what was it like being in there for those and just getting fired up by him almost pretty much every game? Yeah. So as a so early rookie, take about two years, but rookie for sure. It was like they had the hair on the back of your neck standing up and you're ready to run through a brick wall. Easy. After a while, it kind of fizzles down. Cause I'm a receiver, I'm on offense. You know, I don't I don't need all that that guy. I don't need all that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just I need to I'm I'm brain you know I got to be more engineer more right. uh, you know uh, very precise and, and precision and quick and you know settle down. Plus I'm a I'm a lover boy. I'm not you know I'm not <laughs> I, I was a defender. I grew up so I was a linebacker, cornerback, and all that when I was younger, and then I moved to quarterback when I was in middle school, and then in high school I played quarterback, and then I ended up playing receiver. So a little bit of that aggression that I had when I was younger, you know, defense was in there a little bit, but it wasn't it wasn't what that was. I probably played like two plays in high school. In one play, we played Martin High School in Arlington, Texas, and Jimmy Dixon, who was the number one or two running back in all of Texas, at about 6'2", 230, 240, whatever he was, came around the corner, and I'm at corner subbing for the guy that was hurt, and I'm supposed to hit this guy running right at me and I'm at 145 ish 147 it didn't happen like at all and <laughs> that was my last play on defense <laughs> ever and so you know I, no they were, they were they were great you know early but as time went on it was just like you know it's cool let's let's get to the game like yeah. ready to run by somebody yeah, I didn't think about that. I guess as a wide receiver, him screaming that you need to go take everyone's head off doesn't necessarily yeah. – <laughs> it's like, actually, I got to make sure my head doesn't get taken off when I'm out there. So a yeah. little, little different mindset between middle linebacker and wide receiver. Out speaking, there. speaking of that, Mark, do you remember, you know, because of uh, with receivers, you, especially, you know, you getting hit over the middle. It's different nowadays, right? The rules have changed and, and everything has changed. Yeah, I love to play right now. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the – Especially, you know, now we're hearing the, the fumble out of the end zone rule might be taken away after after what happened with McCole Hardman. But for you, do you remember the hardest hit you took as an NFL player? Oh, God. Oh. I took a few, bro. I took uh, – so in practice one time, Corey Ivey called me slipping. I didn't see him, and I turned around, and he just ah, – like right in that sweet spot. Mm. And uh, I couldn't see out of my left eye. Like I couldn't wow. – like, I couldn't – I don't know what happened, but – I was I couldn't see, and then it came back slowly, but that was a I, I, that had never happened before. So CI got me, and then the game. You guys remember Bob Sanders? Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. The guy he took himself out of the NFL. Like he took me out one play uh, on a crossing route and just just downhill full speed got me. I remember I got caught and I snapped my head on the ground and. I was woozy, you know, back then there, there's not the, you know, the protocol and all that stuff. So I just, you know, made it mosey my way back and kept going. But uh, that one was one. And then another was Kanoik uh, Kennedy. He hit me on a slant route on third down and I, I had to run the slant. And I know he was throwing it to me and I knew he knew that he was throwing it to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't pretty. I felt like I shrunk. <laughs> Hit me right off the top of my head. And I, I uh, yeah, that one was that one was rough. It just it was and then actually Brian Dawkins got me one time too. And it wasn't uh -oh. so much like a hit, it was like a, a crumbling that mm -hmm. yeah. makes you feel defeat like a little lamb and you just have to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, okay, when you know it's coming to, you mentioned yeah. that, you, that, you, that there you was brace up, you tense up, yeah. yeah. You're like, and you got to catch yeah. this, and you're just sitting there. I mean, what what is that feeling like? Ah, oh, shit. <sighs> like I like, all right, it's just like, all right, you know, say a prayer and hope it ain't that bad. I might as well catch it, because either way, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Thank you. I might as well catch it. 
Might as well. That's what I scream at the TV as I'm not getting hit every time a wide receiver drops it. I'm like, I'm like, you might as well catch it. I'm like, so Mark, is it one of those things where after you take a big hit like that, do you kind of look at who did it? And if it's a guy like Brian Dawkins, you're like, okay, that happens. But if it's someone else, you're like, damn, he he's the one who just laid me out like that. Do you have that kind of pride in you where you're like, oh, okay, it's Brian Dawkins. That happens. No, nah, no, nah, it, it is. It's an understanding of the fact that you're in the NFL and mm-hmm. everybody really can hit. Like, yeah, if they want, they can hit. They understand angles really well. Actually, I take it back. Ray, you know, when he was on Manning Cast, was talking about the angles that the Eagles were taking. And they were, yeah. I watched the game the other day. There were angles. It was like, man, what, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But at that time, you know, especially in our division, the angles that the guys were taking were spot on. And they yeah. could all hit small or I mean I I mean shoot um who's my guy uh Minnesota Viking cornerback Winfield mm-hmm. incredible at all the five eight you know 185 whatever and he would take on a guard like he didn't care and it was it was incredible. What what a different what a different time and place. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so for those that are tuning in right now, we got Mark Clayton, former Raven. Former first round pick for the Ravens, also, but you're a stud athlete. We were talking about this, Mark. I want to see you. I've heard about we. I've heard about you as a basketball player, and uh, maybe I can beat you in golf. Definitely not basketball, but I'll give it a go. Um, but if you're tuning in, everyone, if you're new to it, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, we'd appreciate it. But Mark, we're talking. We're talking Ravens, and Mark getting his bell rung at least seven, <laughs> eight, nine hundred times. Uh, we actually Rocco's somewhere behind screen here, and we, we might let him in if we want. That's our other guest. We're not sure if we want to yet, Mark, but he's a little bit late. He was traveling, but Brad, I think you got a question right now. Yeah. So, so Mark, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. I, uh, I was just kind of going back and, and just kind of obviously doing some research for the show, and then realized uh, that you had played with Joe Flacco for a short stint, and like. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing kind of like this revival of Joe this past season and just how the guy just continues to sling it. You know, it, it's it's hard to believe that he came in the league. We were talking, we, we kind of, to me personally, thought about this with Tom Brady, right? Because like he had been in the league for a generation. Obviously, he was played at an elite level the entire time, but you have a guy like Joe who played at an elite level at one point, then kind of we he was just on the bench for quite a while and then all of a sudden goes to Cleveland and just lights it up. I mean, obviously, you know, you you play with him when he was a lot younger, but is, is are you seeing yeah. the same old Joe? It, like, and and can you can you see him playing somewhere else next year? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That arm is 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 pretty damn young. It's crazy. He was, I mean, he had more more arm than he absolutely needed uh, from day one. He like, I mean, to me, is like uh, really having a Lamborghini and you know all the horsepower that you have, you don't need it. Yeah, and and his arm is like that, and I'm like, man, looking at him now was crazy. There were some throws that he was making that was just, and and they were just, you know, kind of flick of the wrist throws, and you're looking at it like, that's that's ridiculous. That's that's you know, your Josh Allen, that's um, Mahomes, like these these guys that that can really like sling it. He was doing that in that little run that he had, and it was it was really impressive. But I'm, I was also not surprised by that because being with him early his his arm talent was was crazy so does he have you know one of the one of the best balls is that just one of the prettiest balls in, in all of the nfl like i feel like everyone it, what i put in the pre-show meeting do not ask about joe's balls like that 
Well, you I stop. Yeah, you you made it. You 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 you. <laughs> you in the pre-show meeting, you. I just like, I just ask asked about, about the. Nice. I asked about the the uh, the the ball path. I didn't ask about Joe's balls here, Zach. But that's a okay. ball path. I, it says <laughs> in, in Mark. In okay, I Don't ask no. directly about his balls. Like, uh, <laughs> Mark, don't you do it? No. no. Okay. Did, did, did he throw? Did he throw a good ball? I think everyone. Amari Cooper was trajectory, talking about the ball damn, trajectory. Thank you. There it is. Well, right? right there. Right. We go. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Joe, he was great. <laughs> Don't you love the show? Don't you love it? I hate, I hate it here, Mark. I do, I swear. Um, spiral, Aaron, spiral is the word. Spiral. Yeah, great ball, great spot. Did he throw he threw one of the best spirals? He did. Mark. Yeah, especially on the goal ball, the deep passes, the spiral. It just it was just so pretty spinning up there, you know, coming down. I was like, man. Because Amari Cooper talked about it too, and I mean, Amari was pumped when he came to Cleveland, and he goes, mm -hmm. I, "He goes, it just, it just seems like it's he's mesmerized when he's going to catch it. it. Just looks like it's a great ball to catch." And Amari balled out when when Joe obviously um, came on the scene yeah. there, and Amari is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I think people sometimes forget that just be given the opportunities and circumstances. So I'm sorry I got off context with that. <laughs> um, but for everyone, thank you for letting me know. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Gutterman gang. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Seriously, moon at noon. Yeah, I know. He's a married man. I got it. I'm well aware. I, you know, it's it's all good. Hey, um, for those that are tuning in again uh, with Mark Clayton, like and subscribe. Uh, Mark, I told you we have uh, another guy that's usually – involved with us his name's Rocco DeSangro he works here in Baltimore Fox 45 he's a part of the uh the, yeah. the program of our show uh are we gonna let Rocco in Brad should we oh, oh there he is, there he is. thanks for showing up I won't clap for him, though. Yeah, don't. Hey, what's up Mark how you doing man I'm good, man. Glad you could join us. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Philly, Philly traffic was You're killing me, man. It, I had a two-hour drive up here. I'm at my girlfriend's place right now. So oh, yeah. you know what they say in the team meeting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should do push-ups or something. Ten minutes right early now. is on time, Rocco. That's that's what they say. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you of all people can't talk shit today. So oh, yeah. I was exactly. here 20 minutes early. I was here 20 minutes well, early. Just 30 minutes after he said it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 10 minutes after I said it. Unbelievable. This is this is how it is all the time, man. I don't know how you follow up a question that was just asked. Like I, I have no clue how that how that's gonna happen. That was just <laughs> Out of control, oh, yeah. Ryan just asked you, but you know, out Great of control. It was you guys took it the wrong way. Okay, I, we got the point. All right, yeah, Rocco, why don't you ask your question? Thanks for joining the show. Anyway, all right, Mark, you went through the last head coaching change for the Baltimore Ravens from yeah. Ryan Billick to John Harbaugh. Yeah. I want to know first of all, you saw Harbaugh dancing. You saw these these coaches, the assistants dancing in the locker room. What did you think <laughs> yeah. of that? Was was Harbaugh doing that the first? You know, you got two seasons with them. Those two seasons that you were with Harbaugh in Baltimore, and what was the early impression when you guys go from one head coach to another? Mm -hmm. What were your early thoughts of, of John Harbaugh when when he first came in and took over before oh. he even got hired? When you guys heard the rumblings, what did you guys? What were your, your initial thoughts with him coming in here? Yeah, first of all, I actually enjoyed uh, Coach Coach Billick because he was like um, at that time. I mean, obviously, he had had all of his, his success. For them, you know, he was established, and we had a veteran team. And so, the way he treated me as a rookie was basically like a vet, and I appreciate that because you know, going into it, I was I'm coming from Oklahoma, where I was a leader, a grinder. I did all the extra work and made sure you know the guys went out and ran extra routes, or we did you know extra kid, whatever it was. 
And so going to the NFL was just like, oh yeah, I'm, I mean, this is, this is my, my backyard. This is my place. It's easy money. And so with Billy, he kind of let you, you know, have your space and do what you do as a pro, which I appreciate it. Um, then when we made the switch, Harbaugh was a little different approach uh, to dealing with us. And, you know, although we had a veteran team, Harbaugh wanted to put his foot down and make, make his, his stance. And, you know, it, it started off, it actually started off rocky, um, you know, training camp. We, I think, shoot, the players had a, I mean, we, we were standing up, we were about to march, <laughs> uh, probably like three days into camp. Uh, like, nah, ain't gonna, we can't be doing it like this, coach. It don't work like that. That ain't what we used to. And, uh, you know, he came back and, you know, we just went toe to toe. But out of that friction, basically, we, you know, was able to communicate and get to a place where it was like, you don't have to treat us like college kids or kids at all. Um, and vice versa, we're going to respect what you want to do and how you want to build this team and what, where we want to go um, at the same time. And, you know, that after that, there was, of course, a lot of growing pains and all that that happened. But what came from it, I, I thought was very, very positive. Um, you know, coach and, and the leaders and, you know, other guys have been able to communicate and get on the same page and put a plan together that worked for everybody. And obviously in those first, uh, what, three three years that I was with them, uh, I think we went to the playoffs a couple different times in a uh, AFC championship game. And so that was a, a really, you know, cool experience to have, but a lot of it came from that initial uh, conflict that we had in, in the, in the beginning where it was like, nah, <laughs> nah, we ain't in college no more, man. You ain't supposed to be running us like that. Like it ain't, that ain't what it is. That's interesting to hear Mark, honestly, because for him, it was kind of uncharted territory, uncharted waters for him being a head coach for the first time. And for you guys going through the coaching transition, that changed. So I'm sure there was a little, feeling out on both sides like he was trying to feel you guys out trying to figure out like what to say what to do um how to get the best out of you guys and you guys were, were trying to probably get the best out of him as well it's like the iron sharpens iron mentality yeah everybody wants to win the super bowl I yeah. mean, it, 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 there wasn't no mistake about that and then obviously you know with the leaders that we had jo's and ed and, and ray and all those guys like it was, it was all about super bowl and we just you know had two different views of how to get there yeah, and so so with that, I mean, there are a lot of strong veteran presences in that locker room, 1,000%. So, Mark, I don't know if you've seen the videos of John Harbaugh after some of these recent games of him just going crazy and, and dancing yeah. in the locker rooms. Would, would, would that have ever happened in your locker rooms when he when he was first starting out? No, he was so serious, man. It's kind of like Bob Stoops and Norman, too. Like, it was it was into, like we it, every, every the world was on his shoulders and and he he couldn't he couldn't raise up like he couldn't raise up to do yeah. any move you know and everything was 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 business and we had to you know be locked in and we, we had to take care of our business this harbaugh is amazing and so fun to watch uh mm -hmm. and i'm so happy for him and his family and then obviously you know what that that does to the the locker room and the whole building uh, as a whole, because, you know, that's that's not only after a game. Um, and so I also know, like, his personality is he's, he, what he is, is is ridiculously personable. Uh, he cares, you know, deeply about each guy as much as he can. And um, he takes that very serious. And he, you know, a, a big part of the, the the meshing and the fiber of what makes each team the team is that Harbaugh takes uh, an assertive effort 
to make sure that he knows he's got like he he really does which is how, really cool. how would you rate his dance moves have you seen them are they good oh they're they're like um like uh a solid actually they're solid 10 like white boy waste it's about energy anyway if you bring yeah. the energy it all of it it's, it's all about the energy at this it's some it's, some people aren't you know talented in that in that oh, way no. i i can't I, i've been told i think i'm a good dancer but then i've been told i'm not a good dancer but i have great energy and i can live with that i can live I, with that put it like this if if chris brown was dancing there and harbaugh was dancing right there i bet there'd be more cameras on harbaugh <laughs> I, agree. Without a doubt, I agree without a doubt he was definitely yeah. the more enter i don't know if it was a better dancer but it was more entertaining more that's for sure absolutely yeah so mark when john kind of came in this is what i'm kind of just thought about this is that when the conditioning test kind of changed because i know the ravens historically have a very tough conditioning test that not a lot of players are fond of is that kind of where is that when it started did billick also have a tough one no, Billick's was uh, pretty pretty easy. Um, I mean, it was like a 300-yard shuttle. I think two 300-yard shuttles at 25 yards, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, you know, I just playing basketball, I, I passed that. Um, <laughs> then Harbaugh, you know, he he wanted to put his little spin on it and make it a little longer, mm -hmm. uh, and the time was a little faster. So yes, <laughs> it was more difficult. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of things about the conditioning camp. test. Yeah. Not, not a lot of great things. Training camp, too. So training camp, we went live. We would go live, uh, like, at, in both practices. That was extremely rare. Like, oh, wow. He would never do that. Like, he would never do that. Well, the Ravens, they move, they move some stuff around, right? With the training camp practices, they move the time where, you know, there was less heat in the day mm -hmm. and figuring stuff out. Because yeah. they used to be was they used to be in the afternoons, if I'm not mistaken, or they moved yeah, it. Right. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. that heat, that he can get crazy in training camp. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. yeah. Nowadays, with the rules and you know the player safeties in place, and you know it's it's uh it's pretty cake, bro. Like in comparison, it's cake. And I, I mean, well, and I think the, the rules too. You kind of mentioned it where you mentioned you'd love to be a wide receiver today. All these rules are favoring the offense. You can't get hit over the middle. All these unsportsmanlike and player safety stuff. I mean, you had you had to worry as a receiver when you were playing about getting cracked over the middle and there was no penalty for that. You just move on and play the next down. <laughs> exactly. Like nobody flinches or bats an eye. It was just either it was a good hit or it wasn't. Yeah. What a time. What a time to be wide receiver. Wasn't that a great time? And actually uh, yeah. our, our good friend, Sam and Joku with Ravens talk. We just had him on last week. Uh, he's saying, you know, get ready to suit up on Sunday, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Got a few more catches in you. I know Justin Forsett uh, has his helmet ready to go. He puts those tweets out there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you, oh my, did you see the meme he put out? I'm on Madden in a minute, huh? Did you see the meme Justin put out? It's like he put uh, the, you, uh, you don't Justin make the law. Forsett he just enforced like, it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Forsett is oh he's he's magnificent. He's oh, it's awesome. Yeah. He's oh yeah, he's great. Uh, you know, speaking of that, though, of saying a suit up, Mark, I think this has been a topic, at least for the Baltimore franchise, right? It was and, and the pressure started around right before you came in. And then obviously you were drafting the first round. And the, and the notion was that the Ravens were having a tough time drafting and developing wide receivers like the pressure for you. I remember when you got drafted coming to Baltimore. Yeah. And I was ecstatic, just like everyone is. Everyone wants to see people have that success. But I, were you that aware of? that type of pressure coming in because 
let's just face it. I mean, before you came in and then even after that has been the growing uh, narrative in Baltimore is that drafting a homegrown wide receiver has been a, a tough task. Did you feel that pressure coming in? Absolutely not. No, hell no. It was, it was like, I, you know, I, I watched like NFL football. I, I, so I, I watched, I was a basketball guy. I watched yep. my first like full college football game when I was a senior in high school. It was OU versus Notre Dame. I remember it vividly. But um, after that, you know, NFL, I would watch it, but I wasn't paying that much attention to it. I also didn't think I was going to get drafted. I, I wasn't planning on going to the league at all. Out of high school, I was going to the Air Force, but I started getting recruited late, like going into my senior year. And then that just changed the tra- trajectory. And so getting to college was like happy-go-lucky. Happy-go-lucky. Getting to the league was just like, this is like unreal. I'm, I'm legit pinching myself. And so my mentality, my whole setup was all like, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. And I know I can do it because God put me here. And then obviously I, I, you know, accomplished what I've accomplished. So I'm supposed to be, I can do this is no, no big deal. So I never felt that type of pressure, but what I did not know or understand was the scheme and offense in Baltimore and, and what it had been. Uh, so getting into that was like, you know, I, I got the playbook. I probably learned the playbook in, in like a week or two. Like it didn't take long to learn that. I mean, I, even when I got traded to the Rams, I got there on like a Tuesday. Well, no, Monday night. Well, two, and Tuesday I got in the book. And by the time we had practice on Wednesday afternoon, I had the plays. Like they were like, damn, how do you do that? I mean, well, I got like a photographic memory. So I can like – I at, and. It's fading now. It's fading now. But but then, you know, I, I could I can rip through some stuff and then I'll just boom, let's go do it. And so getting to Baltimore was like, man, I know this offense and that's it. Like I'm I'm ready to get in and, and play and make my plays and, you know, do what I do because I'm not having to think about the offense. I can just think about, you know, what we're scheming up that week or what what the hot reads are or what the defense does, what we're trying to exploit. Like I can do that now as a rookie because, you know, I was able to read playbooks pretty quick. I think that comes from in the quarterback too. But um, and, but I didn't. I never felt the pressure of, you know, doing anything above anything that I hadn't already done at Oklahoma in the NFL. I was expecting to just continue doing what I did at Oklahoma. But little did I know, we don't run offense like that, and the ball ain't coming like that. And so you not likely to really put up numbers like that. And we also had a guy on the other side who was a veteran uh, in Mason who demanded the ball. <laughs> like he knew how to get it. I didn't. And my personality is just, hey, y'all let me know what to do, where to be. And believe me, I'll be there. That was it. And so, no, nah, I never felt the pressure like that, which made that experience also really fun for me. Uh, you know, being a rookie and having Deion Sanders go against me in practice, Ray Lewis, every, you know, line up at corner every now and then um, and play against that defense, you know, weekend or go against that defense weekend, week out in practice. And then all the games playing against, you know, whoever it was that week was just it was it was it was a blast. I had a blast and my entire the rest of my career. It. It got kind of, I recognized it probably my third year. Third year, underneath it all, I asked Ozzy to get me out because I was like, I don't understand why y'all pick me at 22 and we don't even throw it. Like, I don't even throw it to me. Like, I, I really, I would love to have the ball. Like, I can make plays. And it didn't make sense to me. <clears throat> I asked, you know, if we would, you know, let me go. Um, and it didn't. 
it took five years and then I got traded to the Rams and that very first week um, uh, coach said, Hey, we're throwing it. Are you going to be ready? I was like, absolutely. First week, 55 pass attempts. Sam Bradford was slinging that thing. And yeah, he did sling it. For like one whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm home. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like college again, you know, and I'm, this is fun. It became, you know, fun again. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's a part of it. I think, Rock, you have something piggybacking off of that. Yeah, Mark, exactly. I mean, you kind of touched on not not getting the ball and you felt like you should be getting the ball more at that point in time there was kind of a narrative before the season began and even kind of dating back to last season, it seemed like as well, that wide receivers didn't want to play here in Baltimore. And Lamar Jackson was a reason why it was like a narrative out there. And I thought that was crazy. I know a lot of people here thought that was crazy. What were your thoughts when you saw that kind of circulating? Were you, were you just shaking your head um, as, as a wide receiver? What, what are your thoughts? And, how many yards? What kind of numbers do you think you'd put up with Lamar Jackson as your quarterback right now? If you're in your prime, well, it is it is not it's not so much just about Lamar being a quarterback. It's who's mm -hmm. calling plays and what yeah. plays are being called. What re, what are we doing in practice? Like how are we working through these reads and all the progressions? That that is so important. In which is why I think Lamar's development would have been much faster had the offense been uh, what it is today. If Monken was around when Lamar was a rookie, he'd have at least two MVPs by now, probably this be his third, and definitely probably would have had a deeper run in the playoffs by now. Um, and so I'm, I'm like, man, I, I would love to play with a Lamar in this offense, for sure. Playing in the other offense, not so much. You know, I got nothing to do with Lamar. No, but th I think that's been the narrative, though, and that's that, that's the point of a lot of people we've heard of. Well, who wants to the, to catch balls from Lamar Jackson? Oh, he's not a good pocket passer. He's not a good quarterback to make those throws. Yeah. We've seen it. It might not look the unorth or it's to people. It's it's unorthodox the way that he does. Maybe he's off balance, but the precision where he puts the ball, it's it's right. it's stupid. I mean, you're watching that as a guy. You're saying, no, this guy can this guy can sling it around the field. Absolutely, and you don't you only get good at doing it by doing it. Mm -hmm. This is the first, but apart from his, which blows my mind, uh, MVP season that I've seen Lamar be able to just drop back pass, like just drop back. Like yeah. we, we should be, we should have been dropping Lamar back in regular passing situations on first down, third down, second, just de depending on the circumstance, but definitely some first down drop back passes that open it up and, or, you know, whatever the, Basically, your playbook is wide open with Lamar. Um, and the drop back pass has to be a, a pivotal part in what makes this offense extremely unguardable because he can actually really throw the ball. And so if if in the season, the first season, maybe his second year or third year or fourth, wherever, as you're developing him and in drop back passing, it's not always going to be awesome. He's going to have to make mistakes. He's going to have to learn from those mistakes. He's going to have to grow in that. And then that's what development developing is and is guiding someone through those mistakes to be great. Period. And yeah. that's what I feel like Lamar didn't get early. And but he's getting now. And I mean, he was fortunate to 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 shine like he did when in his MVP season. Um, and he's shine. I mean, he's 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 made so many plays. I mean, even in the two years that he got hurt, our record and everything that he's done has been, you know, been great. And so I'm just glad that he has Mock in there 
to kind of open it up and allow him to flourish in a, in a whole new way. It's been fun to watch. I think everyone, I think Baltimore fans realize that, but that's still been the narrative around, you know, media in general, the national football league. But I, I, I mean, I I I've always wanted, hey, this is the thing I, I, and we'll have a couple more questions. I know I appreciate your time and, and hopefully this isn't too bad dealing with Rocco on. No, but the one thing I always bring up to guys, cause it, it, it grinds my gears is when, when people <laughs> that are watching it, is they will say, oh, well, you know, Lamar can't do this. But then when you listen to players on the defensive side go, I don't know how to guard him. I don't know how to stop him. <laughs> right. I mean, I think isn't the biggest compliment as a player to be your peers saying the dude, I don't know when, when that dude's got the ball, I don't know what to do. He's the best player on the field. I mean, I think people are not listening until the, the San Francisco 49ers, the second best team, quote unquote, in the NFL their defense is saying we had no answer yep. for him at all. I mean, that's got to be the biggest compliment. The, the by far, by far, to be unguardable. If there's a, it's like if, if there's a play to be made, he can make it. Whether that is getting out of the pocket or you know breaking a tackle using your legs or standing in the pocket and throwing a forty-two yard dot down the field or a. 22 yard over route to Isaiah likely that by that much misses the defender's hand and Isaiah snags it and goes in for the score. Uh, he can beat you in a number of ways and the legs, his legs have been the most elite. And then knowing that the arm talent is there gives him the tremendous upside because you can always develop as a passer. Nobody can just go get elite leg talent <laughs> like, no you just, you just don't go get leg you ain't gonna go to amazon and buy lamar like legs it don't work <laughs> i wish so, yeah i know kevin we know i, know, I wish and a, i'll take a few uh you know i'm a little short so if yeah. you can maybe donate some of his height to me too that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> yeah so mark we actually on a side note here so actually it's a good time to bring up our sponsor adam's jeep of maryland oh, by the way ride. right behind Ooh, ride, the jeep. Kevin, ride the jeep kevin Rocky. you riding oh. the jeep there you go. I almost, I almost rode the Jeep over top of my mic. You might. Yeah, so Mark's riding the Jeep over. now. So Wifey at, loves at his, Jeeps. At, what, 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 Mark, what, you love the Jeeps? Wifey loves the Jeep. Wifey oh, loves the Jeep. Right. Well, hey, you got to come here on up go. here. Adam's Jeep of Maryland will love that, by the way. But Adam's Jeep of Maryland, they're up in Aberdeen. Uh, they're a proud sponsor of the Ryan Ripken Show. They are fantastic. But the reason why I brought up the sign, too, we have a thing now, Mark. Uh, if you're taller than the sign, and unfortunately. Yeah, we only have two people that have to really be. Yeah, so Rocco's one of them, that. and and Kevin is. You look, you look great. You're a good kid, um, but I'm, what yeah. can I say? I, I was not it gifted was, height. Did the did the picture did the picture that I posted did that not like look like I was five that foot one? Did you so post a funny. picture? No, <laughs> yes. he no. Oh I no, looked, of, of Mello and Rudy. Yeah. Oh, can we pull yeah. that up? Oh well, my I, god! I took a picture with Mello and Rudy Gay at the Ravens game. Oh my, yeah. I looked. I'm like you, five seven, maybe five eight, five nine. Who knows? I keep getting you know. That's, that's <laughs> a every time I go, maybe five ten, five eleven. Who knows? But I look like I'm five. <laughs> I look like I'm five two in that picture, Mark. It looks photoshopped. It looks. Famous. I gotta see this. It looks oh, can we play? Can yeah, we pull it up? Yeah, let me see if I. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, see if oh they can pull it. I'll be honest, and I'll say I am five six and 24 25ths, But since the twenty four twenty fifth thing, I is it wrong for me to say I'm five seven? I feel like it's not wrong for me to well, say Rock I'm five seven if I'm five six and twenty four twenty. Rocco's just said he was five ten five eleven. 
I might be 5'12", even well, though that's said, not he a said, thing. He said he was anywhere from 5'7 to 5'11". That's a pretty big range. Oh, man. Yeah, no oh, worries. My. Mm, so there's a new infomercial, or what was it? It was like some new stacks. Oh, there it is. There oh, here it is. Wow. Here it is. Wow, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I saw so that immediately. Was over like, me. I had my oh. aunt reached out to me. She's like, she's like, did, did you shrink or are those guys just really tall? I was like, they're basketball players. Like, relax. Combination. I, I'm not shrinking right it's now. It's like the Honey, yeah. I Shrunk the Kids movie. You yeah. Got a little shrink ray. And, and so bad. You should have cut off the legs and like gotten on your tippy toes. There needed to be more. There needed to be like some game plan going in here. Yeah, I didn't realize Rudy Gay was taller than Melo though. I didn't either, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I didn't know that. This is the real breaking. Well, that's also the part of it too. Is that's also a part of it some of the NBA guys that you watch and you're like, oh, the guards like Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry is not a short individual. Like yeah. for maybe maybe for NBA standards, mm -hmm. but right. the dude's not small. Like I don't know what to tell people. Well, it's like when I where did Draymond Green just go? And he was at some football game earlier this year. I think it was with the Chiefs, and. It was oh. him like standing with other NBA players and they walked over to the football players and he's like six inches yeah. taller than everyone, like Boy. even the linemen. And you realize, oh, being small in the NBA is you are a massive human being. And then being. you have the massive human beings like AD and Jared Vanderbilt and the D'Lo went to the, the the 49ers Packers game. And those guys, AD is huge. Oh, AD is yeah. a monster. Yeah, yeah if we, we need to like football boulder shoulders too. He was, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why, like, so I actually tweeted this out uh, from last night's game. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but the Jason Kelsey, like, look at, yeah. look at him holding that beer can it's, and like the size of his hand. Oh, man. Oh, he's yeah. like a yeah. giant human. Are you, that's the guy man. who can snap so, of football yeah mark Ma mark are you doing that if you come up for the game on sunday oh happily <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get gotta get you around we gotta get you around the lots here make oh, sure yeah. uh, yeah. uh my wife she probably cut she probably kiss my belly button and something weird <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a chug off on the big screen between jason kelsey and mark clayton mark it down that's what's also, out check wait. out jason's wife too in the background she's in the top left there she's like, so proud yeah, she's like, yep, that that's typical, yep. Jason. Yep. That's, just, yes. that's just, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you gotta love that. Yeah, I mean, he, you know what I loved about with Kelsey too is that he was in the lots in Buffalo, just house oh, yeah. house and beers, being in the atmosphere. People were loving him, and I mean, yeah. Buffalo's got a great atmosphere. I feel for their fans. That was that was a tough moment. And I, Kevin, I think you got you had a question about the atmosphere here in Baltimore. We know that that Baltimore likes to. Uh, likes to bring it especially uh from the fans perspective yeah well i mean one more point on the lamar thing is i think the one thing that stands out to me about the whole lamar discourse of oh wide receivers don't want to play with lamar which is untrue is when juju smith schuster was a free agent he was i think the three teams were the chiefs the steelers and the ravens he won on michael irvin's podcast mm -hmm. and he was asked about oh well, what about all these teams and he said, you know, I love Lamar. I'd love to play with Lamar, but the offense is, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not for me. And again, every goal of everybody's different. And John Harbaugh said, I think, look, if you're a wide receiver, you want to come here, you want to win football games and you want to you know, be a part of a winning team and a good culture. But again, some people just want to catch football's targets and that's what it is. And I know Mark, it's different for everybody. Right. But if you're sitting there as a wide receiver and you're a veteran looking to maybe rebuild your value, let's mm -hmm. say, yeah. and you go to a place like Baltimore yep. and you get three targets a game or four targets a game, that's not a place for you to be if you want to rebuild your value on a one-year deal and maybe secure one more long-term deal mm -hmm. before you that's go. Right. So I think that that so, kind of puts things in perspective where 
I don't think Lamar was ever the issue. I just think it was circumstance with the way the offense was. I agree. I agree. And thousand percent. It's another thing too, because with the atmosphere in Baltimore, this these fans they love their team one thousand percent. And you, oh, I mean, yeah. you you have Texas roots, Oklahoma roots, and obviously that was a part of you you, you growing up through growing up in college. But you're drafted by the Ravens. What did you know about Baltimore before you got there? Did you know anything and just say, you know, what the hell's in Baltimore? Like, what, what what's in Baltimore? So, did you, or did you know I, what you were in store for? I did not know. I, didn't, oh, <laughs> I was I'm untraveled as it is, as it comes. Just little hood dude. We I didn't I didn't we didn't know. I didn't think that you travel. I didn't know anything about going out of state or experiencing any other place until college. But uh, getting to Baltimore was like wow, like. First, I was like, man, there's a lot of black people here. Like, this is <laughs> I didn't even know what I mean. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> then it was like uh, my first, you know, you had to get stuff. I got a little uh, condo inside yeah. of the uh, Target or whatever I go to to get stuff for it. And then at the checkout, you know, in Texas down or in Oklahoma, it's, you know, thank you. Have a nice day everywhere all the time. Thank you. Kindly. Have a nice day. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. I said, you know, thanks. Have a nice day. And like, lady just looks at me like, <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> Next. Or, <laughs> Enjoy your day. Like what? I was like, uh, okay, cool. And, and come to find out, you know, in the Northeast, you know, it's a little different down there. The Southern uh, hospitality is not so present. So yeah. It was a little different, man. But, you know, as I got in, it's like, but what is true is everybody real. Like, mm -hmm. I don't love you, so I don't even say nothing to you. Like, what do you do for me? Yeah. All right. Fuck you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is it how it is, though. It is. But if you love in, it. Yeah. But if you're in, like, if you yeah. family, you family. And it's true. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, like, it's gonna, you're going to know what is real. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. And I'm not going to smile. So down here, like people would definitely be like, ha ha, he he. And at the same time, literally just hate your guts. And up there, that's not the case. Like, yeah. no, nah, I ain't people just tell you they hate your guts. Yeah. Straight up. And I respect it. I, I fell in love with that. The realness of, of, of Baltimore. Now in the draft, did you know it was going to be Baltimore the whole time? I know you being picked. Were there any other places that you thought, hey, maybe I could go here. Maybe I could go there. Or did you really think it was Baltimore the whole time? Uh, actually, I thought I thought for a hot second I would end up in Dallas at the number twenty pick. Uh, they had took mm. uh, Demarcus Ware. Oh, uh, okay. Early, yeah. they had two first rounds. So they yeah. had right, two, right. And then with the second one, the we my agent and I, we, he thought maybe they'll go offense, and they didn't. And so that was one. I was like, oh, maybe I'll you know go back or be around the corner. But I, uh, after that, he was like, uh, you know, I, I didn't expect, I didn't know where I would go. He's like, you could be somewhere late one, early two. Um, but then I got a, a message that said uh, Baltimore is probably going to take you. And the rest is history. Yep. The rest it, is history. Yeah, and here we are. And here awesome. we are. Yeah, yeah, you're entrenched with uh, the Baltimore community, yes. um, whether you like it or not. Uh, hey, but, but before we well, yeah, I got to we'll get to get you out of here in a second. We appreciate your time with it. Everyone, if you're new to coming on here, we're with uh, former Baltimore Raven, former Oklahoma Sooner, Mark Clayton. 
uh, wide service. receiver, a guy that wish he was playing in the NFL right now. He can still <laughs> kick all of our asses if he wanted to. And except golf, we got to figure that out. Except, I think I could give you a run. I, you know, we talked about this. You're you're a guard. You're way quicker than me. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm like, yeah, hezzy step. Like is yeah, I got all that. Mark, you still Mark, got you still got it. I'm hezzy. Like I can mm. I can touch the rim a little bit, but I and it's, my first step is is where it's at. Must, must be nice, Mark. Must be nice. Mark, Mark speak, yeah. speaking of Oklahoma drill, Mark would whoop me in an Oklahoma drill. Oh yeah. So Mark, we have so Nick Nick Moore, who's uh, the long snapper for the Ravens, is out for the season. But uh, Nick, yeah. So Nick was going to be on tonight. He might be on on Thursday. But he, we said for his uh, his. Uh, Celebra celebration to return to football no, or, or it's just part of his recovery program and okay. the rehab program yeah it was to take or uh, do the smelling salts and then oklahoma drill kevin uh in studio <laughs> yeah very nice you know and then yeah. he works up to nfl players but you know we start right, off yeah. easy start you know, small yeah they literally least, small. You know, yeah and then rocco's next oh we he can just build up in the studio yeah i'll go I, after rocco i didn't agree do anything like that? No, that's yeah, that's you didn't. But now it's a part of the thing. Well, you know the other crazy. You know the other part. I'll, I'll. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to to play basketball against Mark, or I'd like to see Rocco go one on one with with uh, Mark too. That'd oh, be amazing. Wow, wow. Mark, we got to get. I got it. I got to see it, man. We got. And I already told you about yeah. some some of the basketball growing up, but yeah, uh, yeah. at the house, yeah. we got to talk yeah. more about that. Yep. Um, and if you guys are new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. We try to do this Mondays and Thursdays. We're doing a special show on. Sunday for a pregame show here in studio again. Engraven, I see you talking about the NBA Jams tourney. If you're looking from behind there, yep, we got the old arcade game in the back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, on fire. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so, exactly. So, Mark, this this studio is kind of it's it's uh it's usable. Like we try to make it interactive. It's 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 pretty massive space, but you can't really yeah. tell from this sign or from right. there. Right, but, but we got yeah, all we got a lot going on. We yeah. got a lot going on, but we're going to keep expanding it. And there's so much room for activities. And I saw someone say, "Could there be a collab with Engraven in the future?" I don't know. Maybe there's another date that I haven't mentioned yet. So stay tuned on that as well. Uh, Engraven, we appreciate you as always. You are uh, he, he loves Stop. the Ravens. He's he's the one that we talked about this. He was the uh, made this all mm -hmm. kind of the next phase, right? Yeah. He brought the attention. He brought the the standard. To what it would be for for Ravens content. Team, keep it clean. Team, keep it clean. Not to, you know, hey, age hey. engraving like that. But I remember being like thirteen years old, and like me and my friends would. So be like, was team, that two years clean. ago? Yeah, ten. But you know, I'd be like, team, keep it clean. Like that was a big thing. Everyone, you know, engraving that OG. OG. He is an OG, and you're a good kid, Zach. Yeah, Zach's the baby of the group, Mark. <laughs> um, we try to remind him of that. When you when you were playing, he was like, I think, just born. So. I was uh, I was six when you were drafted, so you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't. You know, I was there. He, we, we're just trying to make sure when he goes out in Fed Hill after the after the games, if if we have to well, pull actually, him out of the was, harbor. It was more like <laughs> right. they were like Mark Clayton's on the show, and I was like, that's actually the first wide receiver I really remember as a Raven. So uh, this uh, is big, big for me. You were uh, like the first in my memory that's like Mark Clayton's our wide receiver. Uh, that's a great way. Hey, last thing then, Mark, and we'll get you out of here. And I know, and I appreciate your time. Sorry if we took up too much. No, you're good. Um, you're good. Oh, that's great. Well, maybe we'll take up more of your time. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> now you're staying, and now you're staying on. I'll be back. Oh, yeah, and that's great. And Mark is uh, staying the rest of the year. Yeah, right. But last thing I want before you get out of here, there's a couple things I want. It's a two part question. Sure. But one, you were on the Ravens in 06. 
when had the bye, and that was when my dad was honorary captain, and it's his fault you guys lost that game, not <laughs> yours. 15 to 6 was the final. But that was the narrative going into this game in 2019 for the Baltimore Ravens was can you get past that that hump? And you guys kind of dealt with that, and that stung. And I think a lot of people here it was 2019 is the one that moved. Do you remember that game in 06? I mean, that that oh, had yeah, to have. That hurt. Mm. It hurt. It was tough because that was a hell of a year. And, you know, having Eric McNair, we were just, you know, we knew we were we were on our way. And to not be on our way was very difficult to, to deal with. But, uh, yeah, that was a – it was a great game. And then, you know, when you take that week off – and this is what I said about this year's team too. Taking that week off, the one thing that is tough and I'm – other people will you know have said it and i heard it is passing game passing game is 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 really hard when you have not been in game full speed repping it um but i was confident in the fact that we had defense and then we have the number one run game which at the end of the day if if you can't throw it that's okay you run it you squeeze the game and you let your defense hold you down until you figure out a way to make a, a play here and there to bust the game open. And that's surely what we did, which, you know, to struggle the first half was understandable to, to me, uh, but then making the adjustments and awaken the, the, the lion. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It, um, it, it really was. And we wanted to ask this question. I have one more for you, but because Bailey, we appreciate the, the donation to it, but I mean, I think we got to ask yeah. it too. And we'll give the round of applause. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Ke Kevin, Kevin, way to clap, by the way. Mark's to clapping see, too. Clapping. Yeah. Clapping. Uh, Rock, Bailey's my guy. Bailey's my guy. Well, well, so Bailey wanted to ask then best moment as a Raven for you. Uh, best moment as a Raven. Um, I'd say getting, dra getting drafted, going in the locker room. And then first first game was a Sunday night game, uh, oh. so it was it was Peyton Manning on the other side, Dakota, and so I, it was just like it was unbelievable. I didn't in pregame warmups. I they had to pull me from like half half field, like from fifty. <laughs> I'm gonna do the thing because I'm looking at Peyton and them do their thing. <laughs> so, but I was like, man, this is bro, that's Peyton, bro. Like that's that's Peyton, like Peyton Peyton Manning, bro. And so, so was that kind of your like, holy crap, I'm in the NFL yeah, moment looking the across NFL. the field and Peyton's warming up? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was because I, I mean, I, and Dion, so going one on one with Dion in training camp was another. Um, but that, the lights, the, the atmosphere, the crowd, Ray, like all that, like that was, that was a, a lot more emotionally engaging. Like it was, it was crazy. Mm hmm. Man, awesome. that's that's awesome. Okay, and last thing, because it's kind of touching on being starstruck, at least in your moment in the NFL, you're with the Ravens. Uh, just talking about quickly, you know, we, we talked about how passionate the fans are here playing in Baltimore. I mean, we had a clip of Pat McAfee even talking about how crazy it is to play there and the O oh, in the national anthem. We won't play it for here just because we'll get you out of here, but you know what I'm talking about because you've been here. Yeah. I mean yep. – I feel yeah. like it's it, it's a it's a home field advantage that I don't gets an, I don't think gets enough credit at least on the national level. Oh yeah, I saw it. And so um, first when I having that experience to me, I was like, man, this is like OU East. This is like being in Norman just on the East Coast because they are loud and rowdy. And then on top of that, we got Boomer in the national anthem, <laughs> and so yeah. I have O in the national anthem, which is awesome. Um, but no, the fan base is insane. And, you know, just the other day, I, I saw the, the stats, the, what was it? Four delay, uh, four delay, false starts 
Uh, yeah, five false yeah. starts, two five, delay of game. Yeah, seven pre-snap penalties. Seven pre-snap. The, the fan, I was like, the flock is flocking. And it's real. <laughs> the flock was flocking. And that noise is crazy. And watching it, we watched and just – I could hear it. You know, is is that kind of deafening, like you hit peak level and mm-hmm. it, it keeps coming. Just ah, – like <laughs> – it, like when you're on the field, the, the only game that I was like where we were on offense and I had that experience was versus Texas A&M uh, when I was in college. And it was impossible to call plays. Literally, uh, Jason had to walk to, one by one and call the play. Tell me the play, tell him the play, tell everybody to play. It was unbelievable. And it just is the best. Like if you have that event, if you have that, it is a true advantage because – is one thing that the offense has to deal with before they snap that ball. It's, that's it's awesome. Well, guess what? That's gonna be a clip, by the way. Yeah, it's it, the, it, play, <laughs> the play before the play. You know, that's where the twelfth man kind of comes into advantage. Is you know, not many people. This is why the Ravens wanted home field advantage because of situations like this, where against a young, hot Texans team. Oh, Seven yeah. pre-snaps penalties really can shake a team like well, that. And then you just get in your head because that, that was a young Texans team yeah. too. And so the first one happens and then you kind of get in your head a little bit. Then the other one happens and then you're all in your head about mm-hmm. it. And then it just it continues that way. The, the, mental, yep. the mental aspect of football I think is so interesting to me because it can have an impact and obviously impact the play on the field mm-hmm. like we saw in the Houston game. Yeah. No, and Mahomes, Mahomes even said it. He said that one of two places – He's had to use a, a silent count to his offensive lineman because they couldn't hear him yep. was at the bank. The other was Seattle. So mm-hmm. home field yeah. advantage is going to play a huge factor in this game for sure. Yeah, it, so it definitely will. Should be a great one in Baltimore. Oh. Chiefs Ravens on Sunday. I think you guys have heard of it. It's going to be at 3 p.m. in case. I think some people will be at the bank. Mark, I, I've taken up way too much of your time. Uh, again, sorry for Rocco and and <laughs> that, oh, Zach actually wasn't the problem. I'm surprised when you're having fun, you know? It's all good. Well, I I, pre- I appreciate you. Um, and next when you're here too, uh, we we'll hopefully get to to talk in person. But yeah, uh, we'll get some NBA Jam going when you uh, yeah, when you're sure. here for sure. Yeah, righty, Mark. Well, I appreciate have you. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll talk appreciate soon, you, Mark. Appreciate no, you, Mark. Peace. See you, Mark. All right, guys. Oh, awesome. That was, that was awesome. awesome. That was great. Mark's awesome. I mean, let's just again for those that just tuned in or you just missed it, you can go back and watch it. Uh, that was former Raven Mark Clayton, first-round pick in 2005, played for the team for five years, stud athlete, by the way. He doesn't talk about it enough, if, if we're being honest. I mean, he, the dude can can ball in basketball. Like, he is a beast. And the fact, too, how about that? He was thinking about Air Force. You know, he wasn't even thinking about NFL or even yeah. being a high pick. I mean, that was that's what we love to see, and, and clearly – uh, I just thought there are so many things. My, my brain's going to explode because there are so many clips that we're going to have to go through yeah. to push out to everybody. Untold stories are awesome. And I th- that to me is one of the most intriguing things because I, I hate the narrative of like athletes are athletes. They're people and they're humans. And I love getting to know them and getting to know their stories. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, well, that's that- <laughs> he was talking. <laughs> he said something about coming to Baltimore and that whatever that woman was looked at him like <laughs> oh well, yeah he's like what, what are you what are you talking about, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was hilarious but but that's the beauty of it right and i and i think and i'm glad that we're able to show that and experience that and and, and i will thank uh mark over and over definitely owe him a a meal maybe i'll take him to the iron rooster too shout yeah, out yep. shout out mm-hmm. kyle and the iron rooster nice there they plug. hook us up Oh, yeah, they, they can get they, I can give them a plug all they want. They Kyle and the Iron Rooster is great. We're gonna have more events with them coming up in the future. 
I'm telling you, but talking about hospitality and good people, good people at the Iron Rooster, uh, especially uh, if you're a big fan of the Roost Tarts. I was just going to say, I'm thinking about those yeah. now. Now that you said that. Oh, yeah. remember when we ate all those without Rocco? Yeah, remember remember no. when you uh, brought them? <laughs> no, and without Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. remember, remember when you brought them on Saturday for the uh, pre-show? You remember that? Remember yeah, when, yeah. Remember, remember when you did? Remember what time you showed up for the pre-show? I, I was there. There were no roost starts. Oh, we know, we know you're. You, we, we know, was, we know. We must have eaten them before. Starts, and you didn't deliver on your promise. So that okay. Really hey, oh my god. Hey, hey, jackass! I also brought you roost starts when we were doing stuff at Fox Forty Five. So what are these? Hold your. They're like pop roosters. <laughs> what? Hold on. All right. Time. They're what? like homemade pop tarts. What? Really? Yeah. But massive. Incredible. Massive. So now I have to eat an egg on a burger with the roost tart on it. No, no, no. Kevin, a burger, an egg between two roost tarts after he does smelling salts. Well, uh, so also that was the thing for us when we keep bringing up selling, uh, smelling salts. So by the way, thank you all for tuning in, by the way. This has been a really great last few days. And, and really, it's it's all of you tuning in constantly that is making this great. We're going to dive more back into a couple Ravens things. There's a couple other highlights we want to talk, including Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, there's, a, there's a video that we want you to um, see. But... The what we want to just bring up is we got to 4,000 subscribers and we just really started doing this twice a week back in September. And we got over 4,000 subscribers. And our goal then was after 4,000 subscribers, we were going to try smelling salts. Now, Kevin's never tried that. So and and some other people on here have not. So we are going to do that. But again, we're growing quickly. We have a lot going on and we really appreciate all of your support. So if you can continue to hit that like and subscribe button. We appreciate that. Now, guys, should we just continue with a little bit of Ravens talk? Because it, it, it involves, since we talked about Lamar Jackson, that is the hot topic around the NFL, and it's really been the quarterback play, right? So, uh, and we're going to, um, we'll dive into this quicker. So, Brad, there was a comment on ESPN on Get Up talking about with Josh Allen, that was a tough loss by the Chiefs, or by the Bills to the Chiefs. Obviously, we know Lamar Jackson won, but Dan Orlowski and Ryan Clark had a very interesting conversation about what Lamar Jackson has had to do and did Josh Allen do enough for the Bills? So we want you guys to listen to that and we'll react on the other side here. Buffalo is great. Josh Allen is the only quarterback in the history of the NFL. Okay, so I have a question. To account for 50 touchdowns in a that's, season. That's great. And yeah. not get to the title game. He's oh, done it twice. twice. Josh, you're what? big. We're on the goal line. Let's quarterback sneak it. Okay, that's great. Good job, Josh. So, my, 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 I think he's great. Let me be very clear to all the people. I think Josh Allen is amazing. I think he is ultimately talented. I think he's doing things with the football I've never seen done at that position. He's still not great. He's still not the winner that we always try to make him be. We keep making excuses for him like, like he's LeBron, right? Like before LeBron went to Miami and took his talents yeah. to South Beach and made the big three, this is what we always did. Oh, but he's this and he's that. No, when he does it, he does it. <laughs> Guess what's about to happen? What? Guess what's about to happen? He we are him. one week away. Yeah. One week from during Josh Allen's tenure, Patrick Mahomes, going to a ton of Super Bowls, Joe Burrow going to a Super Bowl, and Lamar Jackson going to a Super Bowl, right? What we never do, what we never do is come in here, oh my gosh, Lamar wasn't helped by anybody. Poor Lamar, poor Lamar. No, it's Lamar got to win. Lamar got to figure out a way. That's All right. this season, Patrick got to figure out a way. 
Patrick got to make these guys around him better. They're dropping the ball, but this team shouldn't look like this. Oh, why is Patrick freaking out? Guess what Patrick has done? He righted the ship. Josh Allen had a chance. It's fine to come in here and say that he played great, but he didn't do enough because that's the truth. He didn't that, and do enough. And that's where we disagree because I do believe – I have told you this. What's They're, the score? They lost. <laughs> But they lost, and not because Josh didn't do enough. There's one play that we could point to and say, man, Josh, I would have loved for you to have made a different decision. There's so many other. A missed field goal. A, 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 a trying to get two free runners on Patrick Mahomes and get him to the ground. A bomb to a guy who's a one at wide receiver. A bomb to Sherfield. Another bomb to Sherfield. Make one of those. Make one of those. And then we got a different conversation. There's no all right, so let's talk about this for a minute here because this obviously devastating game if you're a Bills fan. And and Tyler Bass, who's been a great kicker, and we mentioned it earlier, you can be great all year, but when you have that moment, it's magnified. That was a tough moment. And that was a really good game. I feel like the Chiefs and Bills always have these types of games. But, Brad, a lot of people, and I know because you have a different perspective on it, you don't agree with Ryan Clark. And that's saying that right. you believe that Josh Allen really did do everything he could do. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough for them to come out for the victory, so it shouldn't be on yeah. him. Yeah, I just feel like that Ryan Clark and myself were watching two different games because there was two giant plays to Sherfield and to, to Diggs in which the, both of those passes were dropped. Other and, 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 and Josh Allen played a flawless game. We always kind of get on Josh for turning the ball over a lot. He didn't turn the ball over once. And no, he didn't have a bunch of yards like we expected him to. But again, quite a few drop passes that were actually deep balls. Kansas City had, I believe, four more uh, chunk plays and plays that were uh, uh, longer than 20 yards or more. And and it was it was the Bills that, that fell short of that. I think they only had one. Uh, and then you had the defense that was totally beaten up. Pacheco ran all over them. So... You know, I, I I understand what Ryan Clark is trying to say, but it was the Bills that didn't do enough to win. It wasn't Josh Allen, in my opinion. Well, you know the crazy part? You bring this up. The Bills control time of possession, Zach. Like, it yeah. was the Bills had the ball for over 37 minutes. And the Chiefs then, it's just they took advantage of their opportunities when they did. And credit to the Chiefs' defense, they didn't allow those big plays. But the the to Brad's point, they were just misses, but isn't this the conversation that happens with Lamar Jackson or other quarterbacks? Quarterbacks get a lot of the blame when they don't win, and right now Buffalo, when we've looked at this, hasn't gotten back to an AFC Championship game in, in what, since that one game of the Stefan Diggs picture? He's not still mistaken. standing there. He's still standing there watching, apparently. They update it. They update it every single season. What is this it, is four? Great. Four now? Yeah, four straight. Four. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. So uh, I – I agree mostly with Brad. I think the Bills overall lost that game. But I don't think Josh Allen played this perfect game. I think he missed a lot of balls, especially to Shakir. I think that one, that should have been a touchdown. He got, I know it was said in here, he lost a fumble that they got back in a classic Josh Allen playoff way where he just fumbles it out of nowhere. But I think overall the Bills just, I don't want to say they got lucky, because obviously that missed kick, you're, you don't feel like they got lucky. But that almost felt like a ball don't lie moment because of everything that had gone on prior in that game. You had the 
botched fourth down going for it where the Chiefs had 10 guys on the field. It looked oh, like man. a looked like a lot. I don't think that was actually called going into the play. I think they noticed the Chiefs had 10 guys on and quickly audible to a go for it. Chiefs go down, fumble it through the end zone. Then you had first play of the game. Stefan Diggs fumbled the first play of the game and the Bills smartly knocked it out of bounds. Maybe it was the second play of the game for a penalty. But there were just plays all along that you just felt like, okay, the Chiefs have this under control, which was weird because like you said, Ryan, the Bills controlled time of possession, but it didn't feel like they were controlling the game. It felt like the Chiefs just kept having these moments where it was like, oh, they can put it away. They can completely take over. And then the Bills would get out of it somehow. So it was a very, as always, entertaining game between those two. I mean, they're instant classics every time. But it was a weird feeling where I couldn't pinpoint who lost it for the Bills, but I don't think it was just Josh Allen. But I do think he could have done more. Yeah, so, I mean, just to give a point of, of this as well and just to give you a final stat line on Josh Allen. Yeah. And, and Joe, I, you know, this is the thing. Football is a team game. Those conversations on, on ESPN are garbage of talking about. It. But the narrative is, and this is what we talk mm -hmm. about, because Lamar gets this all the time in Baltimore, is, well, Lamar doesn't win. But it is a team game. And for Josh Allen, to give the context, he was 26-39, 186 yards, passing touchdowns, and he ran for two touchdowns and also ran for 72 yards. I know a quarterback that runs for a lot of yards too, but he's not viewed as the same player as Josh Allen. We just mentioned he's Lamar Jackson. But the point being, the Bills, for some reason, whatever it is, uh, and I, Kevin, if you, I got a question for you with this, because the, the question, or at least that Ryan Clark was trying to make, was that why does it seem like there's an excuse that they don't win? And I agree. It's, it is a team game, and I'm 100% going to say that. It is not just on one player. And I thought Josh Allen... And the bit, what was been Josh Allen's uh, Achilles heel, Kevin? Turnovers. Turnovers, right? So Josh Allen protected the ball. It was that at the end of the day, though, the Bills just didn't make a – they made one less big play than the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and it is a team sport. And for me, I don't think placing all the blame on Josh Allen is the right thing to do. It's like mm, I don't think right. putting the blame on any quarterback is the right thing to do 100% there. But I think part of the point Ryan was trying to make there when he was going on this rant was, you know, in particular, he brought up Lamar and Mahomes. But even if you want to just take the Mahomes part out and talk about Lamar, when you go back to the Pittsburgh game, when his receivers had seven drops, what were all the headlines in the national media? Mm -hmm. It was, is Lamar living up to his contract, this, that, and the other? Lamar so, can't beat the Steelers. Yeah. So for a game like this with Josh Allen, where there was a fumble that the Chiefs should have recovered, but they didn't. There was, there were turnovers here and there, but they weren't turnovers. You know, mm -hmm. that that's just the ball bounces yeah. one way, the ball bounces another way. That's just how it doesn't matter if it was almost a turnover. If Tyler Bass makes that field goal, if it goes to overtime, and if the Bills win, we're having a completely different conversation yeah. about Josh Allen was super clutch yep. here and there, and he had mm -hmm. a great game. So it's a matter of circumstance of how the actual result went. And I think Tyler Bass, look, Josh <laughs> Allen didn't go out there and miss the field goal, but he played a part in the loss, even though I did think he did play relatively well, but to blame it all on Josh Allen, I don't think is the right move. No, I, I agree. And I mean, Rock, I can see you you're shaking your head up and down or whatever way you're shaking it. But again, this is just kind of what we're dealing with. And I, and I do feel for Buffalo. This felt like this was yeah. going to be the opportunity. If you were going to break through and it's kind of like your kryptonite, the Packers, their kryptonite in the playoffs has been San Francisco right? And in this case, Buffalo's kryptonite has been Kansas City, and you have it at home. It doesn't help, too. Bulletin board material, Deion, or is it Deion Dawkins? That yeah, Dawkins. Said, Apple guy. 
to you, oh, baby. Oh, I know, Rob. I know, I know, I know what he said, but still to you. So, so people that didn't know, Deion Dawkins said Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs haven't played in Buffalo when it's when it's fully packed and they won't be ready. It's game time, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes clapped back after it after they won. But Rock, it's just the reality of of how it is. Buffalo, their best shot, and unfortunately for them, it was a great opportunity that they let pass by. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's this fan base has dealt with so much of that over. I mean, just dating back to, to the nineties and before it's like when, when you get to four straight Super Bowls and can't win one, and then you think you have a team in this generation to go out and win a Super Bowl, but you can't get to the game. It's like, you seem like you're so close. You seem like you're one of the favorites. It seems like Josh Allen and other guys, you know, skill position guys are going to get you in the best position possible to go out there and win one. And then you run into a brick wall that is the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's tough. But I agree with both Brad and Kevin on this. Josh Allen did not lose them this game. Obviously, they didn't win it, but to lead a 16-play, 54-yard drive and to set your team up with a chance to kick a game-tying field goal, and you know they, they still could have lost. They still could have lost. Patrick Mahomes could have drove down the field. They could have kicked a field goal. They could have scored a touchdown. They could have put the game away. It's tough. It stings. It's weird. It's I'm looking at the comment. It's weird. I didn't think that's oh that's no, that that cool. comment. Yeah, that, that's a awesome. that's Mark. That ain't that ain't happening. Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's not <laughs> weird for the Bills. It's weird. <laughs> In my mind, went a completely different direction when he I gets so distracted by the comments. <laughs> he does. You, like, you would think uh, a guy that's on screen and on air, he's yeah, gonna be locked was, in. Sorry, but, bad ADD. But I, I know. No way. That, that's a 50,000 subscribers. Yes, that's exactly. You might need to make that happen, Rip. Kevin, um, Kevin, what are we doing? Feet picks at 50K. Call it only Rip. We're going to call it anyway. Wow. So keep going. We, we have to cut, yeah, cut that out and edit that in the video. But the fan base, I do feel bad because the Buffalo Bills fan base, they're so passionate. They've done so much for the community. Bills Mafia, not only for their community, but for other communities as well. Donating to players, charities, helping players out. It's really cool to see and to see that fan base. I know nobody's going to feel bad for the Buffalo Bills fan base, not having a Super Bowl or not, you know, not winning one in in this time and getting there. But it's like it stinks. I hate it for them. I hate it for the city because they rally around their team. You saw people shoveling snow, um, having a great time and no questions asked. They were like, you know, we're going to do what we can to play this game, to make it happen. So I do feel for for the city of Buffalo. I think. I really do hope they win a Super Bowl at some point in the next couple of years. I mean, I, I know Ravens fans may be indifferent. They're like, screw the Bills. I hope they never win one. But just as a football fan in general, I, I would love to see it happen for their city. I would too. And unfortunately for them, it, it's been a lot of heartbreak. And, and the reality is in the AFC too, quarterback-wise, three of the best quarterbacks. And, and I know people don't like the Bengals. Joe Burrow is in that category too. But you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL are all in the same conference. It's going to be really challenging. What's going to get harder for the Bills is that their cap situation is only going to get more challenging as the as as the years and, go on for them. And I'm, you're going to have to try to figure out is Joe Brady, the interim, you know, offensive coordinator, going to be um brought back? You know, do they want to go a different way? And in that case, we would, if they decide to go elsewhere, we'd have two of those quarterbacks having new offensive coordinators next year if uh, 
Kevin, you want to talk about what happened in uh, Kansas City? Yeah, or not Cincinnati. We got a breaking Kansas news. Breaking, breaking news. news. We need one of those like banners that we can pop dun, up whenever there's breaking news. Wait, hit, hit, dun, dun. Yeah, there you go. Someone edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Someone edit breaking news into that. Break, breaking news. Breaking news. We got the banner. Yeah. We have a head coach opening this been filled, but it is not a Ravens coordinator. Not Mike McDonald. It is a Bengals coordinator. Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator since 2019, appears to be headed to the Tennessee Titans as their next head coach. So, don't yeah, good, good luck, guys. What I mean, uh, I, th this is who they replaced Rabel with. Look, I'm not that was a disrespectful thing to say. Maybe, maybe we'll see what the Titans do. But, like, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm gonna be like, You're kidding me, you <laughs> Rabel for this guy. What are we talking about? I, mean, I guess they're doing it. To the, the, the Bengals have not had a great rushing offense under Callahan. I mean, obviously, the, the Burrow success is there. So I guess you bring him in to work with Levis, try to you know get his career to where Burrow's is or close to it or whatever. But with Derrick Henry potentially on the way out there, in fact, it's looking like he's he on the way on out way. there. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You got to get some wide receivers in there. Maybe Tajay Spears is the answer at running back. Got to find maybe Chickaconqua was the, the tight end. But... They're going to have to do some rebuilding on offense and, you know, maybe Callahan has the future there, but I'd say it's, I'm, it's not terrible, but it's uninspiring for me. That's cool. yeah, that, that's a, that's a much more respectful way to put it. I basically <laughs> just threw out all the words from a fan's perspective. Oh, oh yeah. No, Brad, Brad, Brad was unfiltered reading that. On your mind, Brad. You yeah. were like, boom. Like, saying, the phone, the phone came up for Brad and he was, and it's just like, he got the notification. <laughs> Let 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 he that's unfiltered. Done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like such Good a huge case. fan of of Mike Vrabel, and for for him to get replaced by by, by I don't know. I just well, I just thought that perhaps they, maybe it would be a big uh, a, a much more uh, tenured and uh, uh, head coach that had seen a lot more than uh, Callahan. I mean, listen. Hopefully they do well. I just don't see it happening. I'm going to call it right now. The Titans are at the bottom of the barrel next year. I'm going to call this right now, potentially. This could be the first Ryan Ripken show on Freezing Cold Takes. We'll see, though. We'll no, see. Okay. It could be. Yeah. We will see. We will see. Be. That's an it, honor, though. Yeah, yeah that is an honor. Brad's <laughs> face just plastered all over it, and the Titans fan base coming for his that, neck. That, that, that been, is engagement. I've been, I've been freezing cold taked once. I have, too, but it was for a good reason. I can't remember the, I can't remember what it was, but I got on there for a good reason. And really? that apparently never happens. So. Yeah, I got, I got on there for predicting uh, Jack Flaherty's line and i was like he's got everyone's hot right now wow. he's throwing seven innings of like two hit ball and he got pulled in the second inning yep. and all of a sudden i started getting all these notifications i was like oh no and freezing freezing yeah. cold takes and there you right are there. And, and there it's at yeah, yeah. this well, right here this, this is what jock this is what i'm saying like and and we talked about this when they actually got rid of mike vrabel and and it started to leak out as to why Mike Vrabel was released, and, and there were some rumors flying around about how he handled his situation in the, the Ring of mm -hmm. Honor for the Patriots or whatever. Like yeah. oh my the, the 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 Titans front office is a mess, mm -hmm. and I just don't I just don't see that changing anytime soon. And when you don't have a good system in place from the front office perspective, and we've seen this plenty of times, right? I mean, yeah, the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs because Joe Flacco did Joe Flacco things. But I mean, we've seen how bad it's been in Cleveland, and and uh, and even before Joe Burrow landed in Cincinnati, how bad it was there uh, mm -hmm. from a front office perspective. Obviously, the Panthers are there too. Like th this feels bad. It just mm -hmm. feels bad, and I just I don't think the Titans are. I think they're more ownership issue than front office at the moment. Well, I think that's yeah. where the disconnect is between. I think the owner, at least from 
rumors like from what we heard early on in they're so involved the yeah it's just a very i think that's what Vrabel. uh that was a big thing was he wanted a clear cut who is in charge who does he was saying there was a lot of communication issues in the air there so it will be interesting to see with a new first time head coach how that kind of you know works and, out and they wanted to go to a more a different an offensive type of feel yeah. too i think this because, is this is for will levis yeah, yeah and, and 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 look Jake Browning with Joe Bird being out, and you can say that they have some good weapons on the offense, which they do. But you know, Brad, Brad Brad's not giving the guy much a chance to start off. But <laughs> but you never know. But the reality is, when you're looking at that AFC South right now, the other three, the Titans are the team that's gonna that is gonna be projected lowest right now. When you look at the Jags, Texans, and the Colts, all of their ceilings and all of where they expected to go are much higher than where the Titans currently are. So we'll figure that out. I don't know if we have enough time, Brad, to do the Kyle Van Noy the way we, we want do, to. We you, do. We do? Yeah, all right. Let's do it real quickly because we got to be out of here by 8 o'clock here. Yeah. So we wanted to play another video real quickly. And if you're new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. But Kyle Van Noy was on the Pat McAfee show, and they just were talking a little bit more about really just this, the last recapping in Baltimore here. So let's play the video for you so we can save some time dominant has been all year it's been kind of the story is just like Lamar Jackson's stats aren't insane whenever people are trying to compare his stats to other MVPs the defense is just like smothering and dominant and it's just like you guys just just dominate teams seemingly is that how you guys view the games is that the purpose because you guys get up two scores and it's like the other team has zero chance with the way you play ball why is it that way with the way your team is constructed from behind the scenes I think it starts with the players. Uh, we're a player-led team. Honestly, it's been awesome being around a leader like Lamar Jackson on the offensive side and Roquan Smith on the defense. Those are two leaders of our team. They've done an amazing, go amazing job uh, pu putting their uh, voice out there to say, we're not just trying to win, we're trying to dominate and stay locked in. Uh, you've heard Lamar say that over the course of the season. Uh, he means he means it, and he means business, and that's kind of our attitude right now. You saw the coaches and the players excited after this last game, uh, and you know it kind of went viral a little bit. But it was like enjoy that minute of celebration, <laughs> and then right after that, it's stay locked in and on to the next. Like we're focused on uh, this next game, and we're excited for the opportunity to play the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what? What a story it's going to be. That's a new America's team. And, uh, you know, if we got to play the villain, we got to play the villain. I don't know if you're the villain against Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, if you guys want to tell yourselves that to motivate yourselves, go ahead and do it. There's a lot of people excited for Taylor Swift and uh, Travis and Pat to maybe not make uh -huh. it to the Super Bowl. Uh -huh. But I will say, watching your locker room and John Harbaugh, who he very rarely gets talked about as one of the great coaches in the NFL. Everybody else's name seems to get uttered, but he's been there for a long time, won a Super Bowl there through numerous eras, and obviously number one seed here in 2024. So uh, obviously lots of good things to say there from Kyle Van Noy. And man, like what a great, like Kyle Van Noy goes from sitting on the couch, kind of like a similar situation with the Joe Flacco, and then just comes in and, and lights it up. I actually didn't realize that until he said it today that Kyle Van Noy's only had 10 years in the NFL. Just feels like very short for a guy who c continues to play at an elite level. And for him to talk about Lamar and, and Roquan Smith in the way that he does, it just feels like he knows what it's like to be on a championship team. He knows what, a what it's like to play with the greatest of all time. And so for him to, to have these types of 
words uh, and, and and describe Lamar and even Roquan the way that he does, it just makes you feel good that and it makes you feel like this team is really kind of destined for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. That's the goal. And you love the fact that they're enjoying themselves. And, and Rock, you've been in the locker rooms, you know, being able to talk to guys. The energy is infectious. And, and, but you can tell there's a determination. This team mm -hmm. is ready to keep going. And understand, we're going to celebrate the small victories, as Kyle Van Noy talked about. But the job's not finished. They got one more here in Baltimore and then hopefully one more out in Vegas. No, and you can, you can tell that that's how players feel right now. It's, you know, it's exciting to be able to advance to an AFC championship game um, and, and host one for the first time in franchise history. But players aren't satisfied, guys, with, with just getting there. They want to win this whole thing. Like, this is just another step in getting to their goal, what they want to do. And that's hoist that Lombardi trophy in Vegas. That That is the goal. That is what they all set out to do at the beginning of the season. Lamar Jackson even said it after, after the game. He was asked, and he goes, if the team going to the AFC championship game, if it's starting to feel like it's getting closer for him to holding the Lombardi trophy, he goes, no, because we have to finish. Still the playoffs. We're not in the dance yet, but I'm looking forward to next week. To be honest with you, I'm not even thinking about the Super Bowl until we handle business. So it's one game at a time, one game at a time is – cliche and as football talk as that sounds that's how these guys feel right now they're on a mission you got guys in the locker room that have won a super bowl been there done that the odell beckham juniors the kyle van Noys. they're not going to let these guys get complacent roquan smith while he hasn't won one you think he's going to let anybody get complacent right now you think he's going to let anybody get get super excited or super high on getting to the afc championship game absolutely not that guy's a warrior and hearing him, just some of the things he says, and I'm telling you what, he needs his own quote book. He does. I need, he yeah. does. I, I need a Taylor Swift it's, it's and Roquan Smoke so badly. It's it's probably so going to happen. He's definitely oh, going to be asked about that this week, and I cannot wait to hear what he says. You but should do it. Guys like, guys like that. I'm not going to do that. Guys okay, like I'm that. Like, why do we yeah. have to? All right. Anyway. Guys like that will not let this team get complacent. No. John Harbaugh will not let this team get complacent. No. They're in a great position right now. They're locked in, like they've said all season long, and they have their sights set on what's in front of them right now, and that's the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, Sunday, 3 p.m. at the bank. It's going to be rocking. You got to be the champ. You got to beat the champs to be the champs, and they're going to have the chance to do that this Sunday in Baltimore. Last remarks then, and we're getting out of here. Kevin and Zach, because you guys both are on the same page here. I mean, Kevin, I think the same sentiment. Baltimore is ready to go. This is a moment they've been waiting for in their in their history of their organization, AFC Championship game in Baltimore. Their, their leaders of the team have them ready for it. They're ready to rock. This is what they've been working for. This, this is what you work for. All that hard work in regular season, all the wins, all, all the growing throughout. You make sure that you get there and you do it. So they haven't earned anything yet. No, nothing is given. Everything is earned. And I think... If they can get the job done, they have a couple of weeks to then earn the next thing. And then, of course, after they win the Super Bowl, or if they do it, the job is finished there. Uh, I think they won't say it, but they all wanted Patrick Mahomes. And the reason is because of what you just said, Ryan. This team is so built on they want to be the best. They want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best players on the face of the earth. And at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league, whether he's put up the stats this year or not, whether he's had the help or not. And at the end of everything, if the Ravens were to be, win the Super Bowl, I wanted the Chiefs because I did not want that narrative of they didn't go through the Chiefs to win it. Now there's nothing you can say. 
the Ravens were, are hosting Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship with an opportunity, another opportunity for Lamar Jackson and company to end narratives and go to the Super Bowl. And if that does not fire you up, then don't watch football. Fire you in. Fire in. Fire if, in. If, if, that doesn't, if that doesn't get you going, then just don't watch football. Great way to end the show, and you're a good kid, Zach. But, hey, we're going to be back again on Thursday for a live show. We might have a special live stream on Wednesday morning. Hint, hint. So if you guys – we might see you Wednesday. But thank you guys for joining us. If you're new to the channel, hit that like and subscribe button. Or if you're a regular, make sure you hit that like button. We can't thank you guys enough. We just had former Raven Mark Clayton on for this episode. Go check it out if you haven't. But we will be back soon. Thank you guys all for joining us. And we will see you for another episode of The Ryan Ripken Show. Enjoy the rest of your evening.